we talked a lot today about critical race theory. We had a couple of guests on Ryan Gerdusky. He's he's actually the guy who broke that story about John Weaver's sexual harassment with with little boys. Uh, He was the co-founder of the Lincoln Project. So Ryan is the guy who broke that story, but he is getting involved now because he cannot he can't believe what's being taught with critical race theory all over the country. If you think it's not in your school, it is. He started something to help people run for school board, 1776projectpack.com. We talked to him. We also talked to a woman in Loudoun County, Virginia, which is it's Alice in Wonderland world. It is completely upside down uh, where the the teachers and the school board look at parents as if uh, they're an annoyance that just need to be shut down. The campaign to shut down these parents in the school is is un-American. Uh, luckily, there is somebody standing by her, and we talked to the woman who is under attack and is suing the county uh, and the school board. We have uh, a conversation with that. Bill O'Reilly, of course, is always great. And Richard Grinnell. If I could spend a day with anyone and just pick his brain it would be richard grinnell the uh, former director of national intelligence oversaw all of the intelligence i talked to him a little bit about uh the hacking that is going on in our food supply in our gas lines uh but also i wanted to know if he had ever seen anything that said white supremacy and Donald Trump supporters are the most dangerous to our republic over anything else. You don't want to miss that interview. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, yesterday, we told you about the guy who... Uh, who just said, you know, that uh, Jews have an insatiable appetite for war and killing. Uh, and uh, he said, I don't know how I'd reconcile that identity if I were a Jew with the behavior of fundamentalist Jewish extremists or Israel as a nation. The details would confuse me. I wouldn't understand those who suggest that bombing Lebanon, slaughtering Lebanese people and largely destroying Beirut in retaliation for the capture of a few soldiers is justified. Uh, he was uh, he was a head of diversity uh, at Google. Hmm. Wonder if he's a Marxist. Um, but he's no longer uh, with Google. They fired him. I guess if you just say Jews have an appetite for blood, uh, I guess I guess that's enough to get you fired today. Holy cow! Uh, so that's good news. I want to talk to you about something else. We we have a woman who is being targeted um, in. Oh, uh, shoot. Virginia, because she's standing up against critical race theory uh, in this very famous county, Loudoun County, where it, it, the, the people are um, are just coming just coming after you and they don't seem to care, including the county attorney. Uh, Ryan uh, Gerdusky, he is a journalist. Uh, he's actually the guy who broke the story recently on the Lincoln Project. The co-founder, John Weaver, who was sexually hel- harassing young, you know, young young boys, which is always a plus, I guess, uh, if you're running a uh, a uh, the Lincoln Project. Uh, nobody seemed to have a problem with it uh, until he uh, broke the story. 
He is also the author of They're Not Listening and the founder of the 1776 Project PAC. Now, this has something to do with critical race theory, and I'm going to let him explain it. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on, Glenn. You bet. Um, so, so let's so first talk about the let's first talk about the pact and tell me what it does and why you started it. Yeah. Yeah. So the seventeen seventy six project pack um, pack P A C by the way it's on seventeen seventy six project pack dot com. It's the it's the nation's very first super pack intended solely for school board candidates. So because critical race theory has been moving through our public institutions, especially through grammar schools, elementary schools and high schools, uh, the only way that we can counter that on democratic means is by taking over the school boards with conservatives who want to promote, you know, a patriotic version of American history. The the point of the PAC was to sit there and try to campaign on behalf of school board candidates especially in counties and districts that were um, promoting critical race theory already and, and trying to reach out to candidates who are in districts that are not promoting critical race theory, but reach out to them about how to be proactive um, with maybe different types of history books, different types of civics uh, education, um, and how to what, what school board members can do um, to counter what's going on but with principals and with educators in these school systems. So when you say I want to promote a patriotic uh, uh, history or curriculum, I don't want a patriotic uh, history. I think I just want a true history of the United States. I think that's patriotic in, enough in itself. Um, who are you? How, how do you judge who to help and who not to help? What are the requirements for somebody who's running for school board to get your assistance? Well, they have to oppose critical race theory. That's the most important thing. Um, we've had. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Of, yeah, I mean, that's, you have to oppose critical race theory. That is the most important position you have to have. Um, you know, every school district is different. Every state is different. So different people are worried about, you know, mask mandates in some schools and not worried about in other schools. My main point is critical race theory, because I think it's truly a cancer in society right now. Um, the, the, the thing is, the PAC started about a week ago. So we've raised about $32,000, over 450 donors in a week, um, which is great. We'll see how much I can raise by November. Uh, there's no corporate money. This is not, I, I literally started this on my bed with my dog, found, found a treasure, started a PAC. I've been working on campaigns for 15 years. So I know how to I know how to do this. I know how to campaign on behalf of somebody, but there's no major organization. So I'm going to see come roll around September, see how much money we've raised. And then and by the way, I have a full time job. This is not, you know, my it's not a grift. I'm creating to sit there and and raise money. This is something I'm doing on the side, just I think because I have to help. Um, and it's the only way I know how to help. So um, we'll see how much money we raise, and then we'll see which elections are being held this year. It's, it's rolling elections in school boards, so it's not every November. It's not every, you know, every other year. It's, they're, they're constantly rolling. There'll be a, a lot come November. And I'll see which, how much money I have and which candidates I can help in which states. Uh, I know Bucks County, Pennsylvania have, have reached out to me a lot. People from there, people from Kansas have reached out to me a lot. People think critical race theory is only a blue state issue or a blue city issue. It's in over 3,500 oh. classrooms. It is. And you, like you said, it is, um, it's crippling. It's, it is the um, kryptonite to America. 
Um, if we teach this to our kids, we are surely, surely done. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have I've seen it in in uh, in Texas, in some of the most conservative counties. And what I'm really concerned about is, you know, when you get these school board members on, they really, really have to uh, pay attention to this and make sure they root it out all the way to the roots, because I'm seeing all over the country teachers saying, well, we'll just teach it anyway. I mean, we'll just teach it in our own way. We'll just slip yeah, they, it in. They find, diff- they find alternative uh, words for it, alternative terms for it. But the thing that school board members have the control of is the budget. So things like where, spe- where speakers come in from out of, out, of, you know, out of the school system, if they're bringing Robin D'Angelo, that's a major red flag. They control the superintendent position in many places. They control what textbooks are taught. So when I said, you know, we should create, we should teach something like a patriotic version of history. I don't mean to whitewash history. I don't mean to downplay certain bad yeah. things that happen and highlight certain good things. What I'm sitting there and saying, though, is, is that we need to, uh, you know, have a proactive version that sits there and addresses a lot of these concerns head on with, you know, the problematic portions of history, but creates the narrative overall that our nation is great and that great men of history, as colorful as they were or as problematic as they were by today's standards, the overarching narrative of their life and of their time is that they moved the human race forward. Um, and I think that that is really, really important. And so trying to find textbooks that promote those kinds of thoughts in children um, is, is another key portion of it. Uh, we're talking to Ryan uh, Gerdusky. Uh, he has just started 1776 Project PAC, P-A-C, dot com, which is supporting those uh, people that want to get into politics and, and run for school board if you have a spine of steel against uh, critical race theory. What what brought you to to this? I mean, you're a journalist, generally speaking, aren't you not? Are you not? I am. I am. Well, what happened was, was I have, I don't have children, but I have a very large family, 36 first cousins. I'm the second oldest of all of them. And um, my godson was in school and his teacher, because everyone was doing basically online classes over the last year. His te- one of his mm-hmm. teachers said, to, said, you know, to my nine-year-old cousin, my nine-year-old godson, that police cars only follow white cars. They don't follow, oh, sorry, only follow black cars. They don't follow white cars. Now, she's teaching about, you know, racial profiling to, profiling, uh, to a nine-year-old in the most innocuous terms possible in order to sit there and kind of create this idea that the police are biased and police are racist. Now, we have a lot of police in my family, and he called me with a lot of questions, and it was infuriating, and there was no kind of check on it. I mean, the parents started calling, the PTA got involved, the principal ended up getting, having to get involved, but... Had he not been doing classes at home, we would have never really probably ever learned about it. We Mm -hmm. only learned about it because, Mm -hmm. you know, his parents overheard. So I thought that this was, there has to be some kind of check. There has to be something we can do, something I can do. And, you know, I don't have the means to create a new school. I don't, I can't, I don't have the, you know, credentials to create a new textbook. But I can run a campaign because I've done them in the past. And I can run a super PAC and I've done that in the past. So let me, let me just do that. And and I created this pack. And, um, you know, if you want to run for school board, I would go to 1776projectpack.com, PAC.com. Let me know when you're, when you're, where you're running and when the election is. If you want to donate, we definitely need donations because, like I said, I'm doing this all, you know, without a corporate sponsor, without a major billionaire behind it. It's just 
people sitting there wanting to donate to make this better. And if you want to just get involved and tell me about a school district that is promoting critical race theory, I'd love to hear it because there's no database. I'm trying to still get all that information going so, so we know where is this being promoted and when. I find it astonishing how deeply entrenched it already is in almost every area of the country. I mean, it, people just don't, you know, they'll hear things like, ah, you got to be anti-racist. And they don't, you know, they're like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm against racism. So I guess that's right. This has nothing to do with Martin Luther King. This anti-racism means racism. Yeah, yeah, and we should stop calling it critical race theory and call, and call it what it is, which is state-sponsored racism. It tells white children you are, it has all the punitive parts of religion, tells white children you are born a racist, you have this original sin, you need to be, uh, you need to redeem yourself from it, but you can never actually receive redemption. It tells non-white children that you are born you know, a victim, you will live a victim, you will die a victim. And you will every every area of life of an inequity for you is because of your skin color. And it was purposely be created as an inequity because of your skin color. Um, it's horrendous. It's it's a lie. And the fact that, you know, we have the 1619 project being taught in school, which is completely I mean, it's, it's not historically correct at all. It says the American Revolution was fought over slavery. I mean, that's just not a fact. And that's taught in classrooms now. Ryan, I thank you very much for what you're doing. Uh, and I urge you, if you're listening right now, to run for school board. Get involved. It's not going to be enough just to show up. You do have to show up at school board meetings now. We have to be involved unlike we've ever been involved before. But you have to run. If you have it within you, you have to run. And it's not that hard to get elected because very few people actually vote in the school board uh, races. Uh, and so it, go ahead. You were going to say, no, no, I, I laugh because it's true. And listen, I know most people get, you know, are nervous, but most school board elections, 90% of our country are nonpartisan. Very few people come out and vote for it. Um, and I think the PAC, the 1776 project PAC is there to assist people and campaign on behalf of candidates who, you know, they can't raise, you know, even $5,000 to go run a campaign to make a, to make a, you know, a mailer or something like that. So I'm hopeful that this pack, if we raise enough money, especially, we'll be able to compete in every possible state that there is and, and many, many school districts. And I hope the threat of the pack to people who are not activists, who are kind of school board members that go along to get along and are going along with critical race theory wakes them up and says, oh, I don't really want a mailer come to my neighborhood to say to people uh, that this is what I'm promoting. Ryan, first of all, thank you for the uh, story that you broke uh, on the uh, Lincoln Project co-founder. John Weaver's apparently been getting away with this for a very long time, and I'm glad somebody had the balls to actually stand up and and uh, do the research on it and uh, expose it. So thank you for that. And also this, and I urge you, if you are listening and um you understand uh, even basic understanding of uh, critical race theory and the poison that it is to our society. It will be our undoing if we don't stop it, and we must stop it now. Uh, please make a donation to 1776 Project PAC, P A C uh, dot com. 1776 Project PAC. Brian, thank you very much. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. 
You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. I don't want to waste any time uh, because he is on a busy schedule. Former U.S. ambassador to Germany, former acting director of national intelligence and the founder now of FixCalifornia.com, which I really want to get into. Uh, welcome, Richard Grinnell. How are you, sir? Glenn, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, someday, I really just want to spend the day with you. I mean, I'll go follow you around if that's what it takes. But I just Any, I have so time, many things. I would enjoy it. Okay, um, so let me get, because we have such limited time, let me get to some uh, some things that are on my mind. Uh, let's start with the hacking. I've never seen an administration say, well, this is a private uh, company that is being hacked. A, they should pay the ransom, but that's up to them. Uh, and uh, and it, it looks like they're coming from China in some of these, the, the transportation one in New York City, but the rest of them are coming from Russia. Any chance that Putin doesn't know that this is going on? Look, uh, let's be very clear. All of the world leaders right now are testing the Biden administration. These increased hacks are because they're trying to see how Biden is going to react. They're trying to test the limits. How far can they go before we react, we the United States of America. And they knew those lines going very clearly under the Trump administration. They knew exactly very clearly. if they did something that impacted America, that there would be an immediate and bigger reaction. And, and the bigger reaction is, is the key here, because what the message is sent when you put America first is, we will protect our people first and we will have overwhelming force that will come at you, whether it's sanctions, tariffs, airstrikes. Donald Trump used every single tool that the United States right. government had to protect us. Well, Joe Biden is going to go over and talk to Putin. I can't imagine how badly that's going to go. Um, but uh, is is. Are we sending what message are we sending back to them and how bad does this have to become before it's an act of war? Well, I talked before the, the campaign, I, I talked a lot about Joe Biden's global philosophy and he believes in consensus with uh, the rest of the world and certainly the importance of consensus with Western governments. Now, that sounds amazing. Right. It sounds like can't right. we all just hug it out and get along? But the practical right. reality is, is that we have a difference of opinion, even when it comes to Western allies like Germany. If you are going to put as the priority that the German government has to uh, agree and complement our positions, then you've just watered it down. And let me give you the perfect example. Nord Stream 2 pipeline is a pipeline that goes too far with gas and energy into Europe. We, the United mm -hmm. States, believe that Nord Stream 1 is okay. It's part of the equation of having a diversified energy source. So we don't mind Europe and Germany getting some Russian gas, but Nord Stream 2 goes too far. By the way, the European Parliament actually agrees with us 
agrees with the United States. The French agree with us. A whole bunch of countries in Europe agree with us. Joe Biden looked at the Germans, and I can tell you unequivocally that in their call between Chancellor Merkel and Joe Biden, the chancellor brought up Nord Stream 2. And Joe Biden wants to please Angela Merkel. He wants the German government to like him. So when they ask, hey, will you let us have Nord Stream 2? He prioritizes the compliments of Germany over the position of the United States. And so while he's shutting down pipelines in the United States, he's allowing them to go forward because the Germans asked for it and he prioritizes having the Germans like him. This is a very dangerous and slippery slope when you go to the UN, say, and you want to be liked and you want the crowd to cheer you. This means that you water down our policy in order to please others. As a director of national intelligence, you oversee all of the arms of intelligence, right? Correct. Okay. Um, President Biden and his allies are saying the biggest threat, according to the intelligence uh, that he's receiving, the biggest threat to the United States of America is white supremacy and, you know, Donald Trump supporters. Did you ever see any intelligence that would back any of that up? Absolutely not. It's outrageous. It's politicizing the intelligence community. It's also making us less safe because if you want to pull resources and articulate a position that this is where we need to concentrate, this is the priority, then the reality is is that the counterterrorism center that is run by the intelligence community will shift its resources to trying to find seek out information surrounding that phony uh, argument. Now, let's be very clear. Of course, it's a problem, but it's not the top problem. It's just like, you know, Russia is a problem for us, but China is a crisis. And when you constantly say, look over there at Russia, look at all of these problems, you're literally giving the Beijing line. The Chinese applaud us when we say, go concentrate Mm -hmm. on the Russia uh, crisis, because it's not a crisis, and and therefore we take our eye off the ball. This is exactly what's happening when we say white supremacy in America is the problem. And don't be surprised that over the last four years, how the Democrats have told us that our system, you know, when they say that It's called systemic racism. What they mean is that the system of the United States government, local, state, and federal government, the system supports racism. When they say systemic, uh, you know, racism, that what they mean is, is that our system promotes racist policies. That is not only wrong, it's dangerous, because now what we're finding is that the Russians and the Chinese are calling us uh, racists and a systemic racist problem. So the racism, sexism, homophobia mantra from the Democrats 
I don't know why people are now surprised that the Chinese come to Alaska and negotiate with us and then lecture us on being a racist society. Now we've seen Foreign Minister <laughs> Sergei Lavrov, the Russian Foreign Minister, deliver the same line. The Russians are now telling us, be prepared that we are now on the active uh, plane of, of being on the offense, pointing out all of your problems in America. This undercuts our moral authority. And lastly, let me finish, Glenn, it's outrageous that our U.S. ambassador to the U.N. would go to the, the United Nations and, and from the podium where there's 193 plus uh, you know, countries and entities in that room and say that we are systemically racist. Th that is damaging our moral authority and it's now being thrown in our face. And I don't think the Biden administration is gonna be able to ever have the moral upper hand to, to tell countries like Iran or uh, the, the epidemic in the Arab world of throwing gay people off buildings or denying women basic rights uh, or uh, denying Christians uh, uh, the ability to just, you know, gather and worship. I am so offended today that uh, the Biden administration is saying that they're going to fly gay pride pla uh, flags for the first time at embassies and all around the world, except for Indonesia, except for the Middle East, anywhere <laughs> where it counts. It matters. <laughs> they're not that. I mean, yeah, it matters there. They're killing homosexuals there, and they're not going to. They're not going to say anything. What what moral authority uh, do we have at all? Yeah. By the way, this whole rainbow flag thing is ridiculous. Let's let's be honest. It doesn't do anything. It's like wearing a red ribbon at the Hollywood Awards and pretending like you've done something for AIDS research. Uh, it's phony. It's typical. Um, you know, what we did in the Trump administration was go to countries that criminalize homosexuality and ask them to change their policies. This is the substantive work that has to be done. Uh, the, the whole idea of a rainbow flag and all of that is is ridiculous. It's pandering. Um, look, I, I, there's a meme going around right now, which I think you should post. It's, it's incredibly powerful. It's all of the corporate America, uh, all the CEOs in America, corporations mm -hmm. that have changed their logo for the month of June into colorful mm -hmm. pride logos like BMW mm -hmm. or Cisco, right? They don't Disney, do it. Ma Mercedes. Yeah. Right. They don't do it outside of the United States. So while they're pounding their chest in WeHo and Chelsea, they're not doing it in Ramallah and Riyadh. It, it, it's really outrageous that where it matters to take a stand, uh, they're not taking a stand, but, but they're trying to pretend like they are in America, and Americans keep falling for it. We've got to be able to decipher between phony and real, and we're not doing a very yeah. good job right now because we don't have the help of the media. So we only have a couple of minutes left, and I, I, I want to ask you, first of all, the intelligence arm of the post office, 
when did that happen? Did you know? <laughs> did you know about? I mean, Biden is. It's mail fraud. Go ahead. And it, it, it's mail fraud. It's you know a lot of people have been using the postal service to to push uh, you know fake and phony and even terrorist yeah. type. Uh, support mechanism. So that's real. But, you know, uh, to be honest, it should not be. And if I had more time at DNI, I would have changed this. It should not be uh, based within the Postal Service. Um, You know, and and technically, it's it's not. They'll tell you that the intelligence gathering is is an arm that just works with the post office. But uh, the reality is, is that after 9-11, we realized that our intelligence agencies were getting the pieces of problems, but not communicating and linking those together. And so I think it's a huge mistake to actually create another bureaucracy because the bureaucracies aren't talking to each other. And that's what we did with uh, the DNI. When we created the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, in theory, it was a coordinating body. And it was to be 100 or 200 people coordinating. Now it's ballooned to 1,800 people plus. Oh, my gosh. It's a, oh my gosh. It's a competing body. It competes with the other agencies. And there's overlap. I tried. I went in and removed 350 people. And, of course, Politico and all of the Washington, D.C. media uh, attacked nonstop that I was uh, dismissive of counterterrorism. But the reality is, is that we have intelligence agencies, and I think this is what you're getting at, that overlap and do things that already others are doing. And so it's not smart because our tax dollars are being wasted and we're not able to do as much because we're spending uh, double money on the same problem. And sometimes it's it's a waste, a total waste. Well, I... I I bring it up, Richard, because that's the one that is saying that uh, white supremacy is the biggest. You know, they're the ones issuing the warnings um, uh, that uh, Biden uh, in Homeland Security are using uh, some information from the post office, which I find is amazing. Richard, honestly, I wish you were running for uh, governor of uh, of California, but I guess that's that's out of the picture. We're here, on. here, Here is the reality, Glenn. I, I keep saying that. Um, I care about the long-term future of California. And, and that, is, that is the truth. Okay. And so okay. I, I want to do the things that we can do in California that fix the problem. I, I am not convinced that the current state of California politics of having a recall and getting uh, somebody in I would say in November is is when the Democrats are thinking of having an election um, is going to fix the problem. And I, and I think we've got an electorate right now that is incredibly frustrated and to tell them that the only thing that we have to do is just send a temporary governor to Sacramento who would go up to Sacramento and face, a supermajority in the Senate against him or her and a supermajority in the mm-hmm. Assembly against him or her. You, you could mm-hmm. veto every single bill and the next day get overridden. And so what I am watching 
before I make any decision, is what are the Democrats going to do with this frustrated electorate? What they have said they're going to do is they are pushing uh, a decision out to about September on when and if to do the recall. Now, we have enough signatures on the recall, but the if Mm -hmm. part is the Democrats control the state, they control the, the, the secretary of state, the governor's office, every single statewide office. Christine Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, a couple of uh, months ago, did an interview uh, with a reporter and said, basically, she said, don't be stupid about this recall. The Democrats know exactly what's at stake. And if Gavin is underwater, he will be forced to resign. We're not going to go through this. We're not going to have a recall. It's too risky. Mm. Now, the Gavin Newsom people the very next day started leaking to reporters that Dianne Feinstein was getting old and uh, she said that she would leave in 2022, but she may resign early. And therefore, if she resigns, Gavin would appoint himself. And oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Richard Grinnell will... We got to. I'm sorry, we're out of time. Uh, we'll have you on again. It is always a pleasure to talk to Richard Grinnell. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. The American economy is in trouble. Uh, I believe we are going to all of us uh, be in for about a forty percent haircut when they change the dollar to a digital dollar. It is coming. I just don't know when inflation is coming. I just don't know when, but we're printing more and more money. Fuel and wood skyrocketing. Most people's jobs won't keep up with inflation at some point. Food prices are rising fast. Taxes are going up. Whether you want to admit it or not, we are facing tough times. Please take some of the pressure off of yourself right now and prepare for what is coming. Right now, you have an opportunity to save $50 off of a full four-week supply of really good, calorie-rich meals that the whole family will love. My Patriot Supply makes it easy to stay prepared at all times, and everything ships fast and discreetly to your door. Everyone should have at least a four-week food supply on hand, and you can save $50 now on this supply. Please don't put it off any longer. Go to preparewithglenn.com, preparewithglenn.com. I don't know if you've been following what's happening in Loudoun County, the school board there. Um, Loudoun County is in Virginia. It's northern part of Virginia, part of the Washington, D.C. metro. Um, it, I mean, it played an essential role in the founding of our nation. George Washington called it the breadbasket of the revolution uh, because of the farmers. At the time, it was the largest county. Now it's the third largest county. But it has gone crazy with uh, critical race theory. So much so that uh, the they have a Facebook group, the people who are on the side of critical race theory. There is a Facebook page that is trying to dox first the parents. Now they're starting to dox the kids uh, that are part of families that are against critical race theory. And the last I read, one of the the county attorneys, I think the top county attorney for Loudoun County was was on that Facebook website saying, keep doing this. You're doing exactly the right thing. It is, it's crazy what's happening. 
one of the people, one of the f- uh, families uh, that are are suing the county now uh, is a, a mom. Uh, uh, Patty Hildago uh, Menders is on the phone with us now. Patty, welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is the world is upside down in Loudoun County, isn't it? Yes, it is. I've lived here for almost 23 years, and two of my sons have gone through the Loudoun County school school system with no problems. Math, science, English was taught kind of the way we expected. You know, I moved to this area specifically Mm -hmm. for the school system 23 years ago. And now with my last son, who's a sophomore in high school, we are just finding so much upside down indoctrination. What did you what have you found? So I'll be honest, I'm the president of the Loudoun County Republican Women's Club, and many of my club members feel trust that they can trust me, whether it's teachers or parents. They send me screenshots of what the teachers, some teachers are teaching. And one in particular was a high school English senior class, and the teacher had a screen with a white girl and a black girl and kept bullying this student to say, what do you see? What do you see? And the kid is like, I only see two people chilling. Yes. So that was uncovered because my club members sent that to me and that opened my eyes to what's happening. Then in the next couple days, I get my club members sending me screenshots that my name was blacklisted in that anti-racist Facebook page. And that opened my eyes to how how crazy they're thinking that we as parents are the opposition. I mean, there were six school board members in that anti-racist Facebook page. Yes, the Commonwealth attorney, Buddha Buberich, was in that group as well. Even the principal of my son's high school. Now, whether they knew or not, they let this mob blacklist us. And they listed my first and last name. They listed my name of my husband, where my son goes to high school, and three pictures of me. Glenn, they called me a racist. And the irony in that is my parents escaped from communist Cuba. I know darn well what socialism looks like because they taught me. And they taught me to appreciate the freedoms that we've been given here in the U.S. So when they called me a racist, I got mad. And I went to the school board meeting. We only allowed two public comment sessions a month. And I told them to their face how disappointed, school board, that you let this mob go after your constituents, the parents of the students that you're supposed to represent and take care of our children. Your county attorney, it's, it didn't stop. I think it got worse if, if I'm reading things right. Um, because now they were saying on that Facebook page, we've got to find out more about these kids, uh, and send us anything you have on any of the kids. So they're doxing the kids. And then yeah. your county attorney joined in and said, this is the right thing to do. This is, this is they- insane that it's happening in America. They, we were able to FOIA and find out that this, these school board members and wanted to silence the opposition. They want 
it's a war against the parents that do not believe in this indoctrination. They say it's not critical race theory. They say they're not teaching that. But you know what? They use other Mm. words. They use equity, culturally responsive training. And and yes, they are. They are doxing our children. You know, it it also goes to um, the kids that um, go. So we had an opportunity to either do in-person or distance learning. And majority of the conservative families did send their children to in-person. So I feel like that's another avenue where they're able to see who these families are that oppose critical race theory in our schools. Mm. Now, it's my understanding that if your son or daughter, um, you either agree or you be quiet. And if you're not quiet, you can be excluded from school leadership programs, reported for disciplinary action. Is that true? Yes. They implemented two, uh, they're calling it student equity ambassadors, and then there's a bias reporting. And the bias reporting allows students anonymously to list eight different reasons why they're reporting this individual, and it could be racial slurs or whatever, and you can anonymously say that this kid did this on this day. Then it goes to the equity committee and they have to investigate. And then the student equity ambassadors can only be a part of the program if they're allies to this CRT training. So it's, it's oh very gosh. scary for You know, this is an awkward age to begin with, you know, K through 12. Kids are still learning. They're still trying to figure out who they are. But for them to push this political indoctrination on our children to be social justice warriors, that's when you're getting a lot of parents that are coming to the school board meetings and saying, be honest with us. What are you doing to our children? And I don't think I I think a lot of uh... Uh, cities, school boards, uh, teachers, schools are not being honest. We've seen this around the country where they pull it out and the teachers just continue to say, we'll do it anyway. We'll just rename it. Um, you are working with um, friends of ours, LibertyJusticeCenter.org, uh, and they are they're working with you on this lawsuit. What are you suing for? So my friend Scott Minio, who runs Parents Against Critical Theory, was looking for other Loudoun parents, and he introduced me to um, Liberty Justice Center. And we are suing them for um, our, our children's and our right to freedom of speech based on this equity ambassador program and the bias reporting. Mm. And uh, Liberty Justice Center thinks it's a pretty good case. I mean, if they take your case, um, that's a pretty good sign that they think they can win it. What does it mean if you win? um, That's a good question. I think we could fundamentally end the equity ambassador program. You know, um, they want this this lawsuit to restore our free speech and show that it Mm. violates it and that it violates equality. You know, they don't use the word equality. They use the word equity. Night and day different. Um, Patty, uh, um, when you are out and about, do you do you find people are against you or for you? Or do you find a lot of people coming up and whispering? I'm with you. I just keep going. 
What do you there's find? There's a lot of whispers. Yeah. So oh there's my gosh, a lot of whispers. Cowards. Cowards. Yes. I, I'll be honest. I, um, I've had to really educate and empower a lot of people to move forward. And I ran a gala and Sebastian Gorka was there and he said, we've got to get more people like Patty, who is brave to come out. It, it, you know, we can't do this alone. And I've been, since I've been filing this re- lawsuit, a lot of anonymous, pe- not anonymous, but strangers have come to me and saying, you're doing a great job. And to be honest, I just need them on board with me. I need them to come to the school board meetings with me. I need them to write letters to the editor. I need them to, um, you know, write letters to the, to the superintendent to say this is unacceptable. You know, I need more people in the battle with me. I think people are afraid that if you lose, they are going to be outed and they'll be next on the chopping block, which if they don't stand, they will be. I mean, I've, I've said this for years. One, courage is contagious. Um, but two, uh, if you don't fight now, this is the easy part of this fight. It is only going to get harder from here if we don't stand up. If you don't stand up now, mm-hmm. you're not going to stand up. You will be ending up on the wrong side. Well, one thing we're doing that a lot of parents and and residents are participating is we're recalling six of the school board members that were in that anti-racist Facebook page. So we do have recall efforts uh, that are happening and people are coming out of the woodwork to sign those. Um, As club president, I've got a lot of events and people are going. Um, my My club is actually the largest Republican women's club in the state of Virginia because of all this liberalness in the last two years that we've been uncovering. So I think people are slowly coming up. They're tired of this cancel culture. They're tired of this wokeness. Um, you know, it really surprised us, but the school board canceled Dr. Seuss. They didn't want his racist books to be a part of read across America program that they had been doing for years. Um, So it's just, you know, we found out that the school board wants a war with the parents and I just don't understand it. You know? Yeah. I have, uh, I've watched it around the country several times and uh, the, uh, many of the teachers and the school boards are, they do look at your children like it's their right and their children and that you are a nuisance uh, in all of this. They know what's right. The arrogance is off the charts. Hopefully that will be their undoing. Patty, thank you so much. Is there anything that you yeah. need or that the audience can do? I guess contact Liberty Justice Center if they want to get involved. Um, uh, contact Fight for Schools, which is an organization that's doing the recall. And then Parents Against Critical Theory is a big educational a website. So I'm working really closely with those three organizations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll follow the case, Patty, and hope to have you on again. I hope to actually shake your hand one day. I think you're an amazing woman. <laughs> um, Thank you so Liberty, much. Liberty, you're welcome. LibertyJusticeCenter.org. LibertyJusticeCenter.org. These are the people, they are funding all of the um, uh, litigation for 
the right cases, the ones that will actually set precedents uh, and we can build to knock the legs out from underneath this. Um, and they are really, really a good group of people. If you'd like to support her in this, go to libertyjusticecenter.org. Na, na, na.